Recently, someone posted in one of my Facebook groups asking for help with reducing expenses. Um, They'd been looking through their bank statement. They realized that their running expenses had increased by over $1,000 in the past year. And they were saying that it looked like that was largely due to various tech and software subscriptions. So they were looking to reduce those. And I am all for keeping an eye on your expenses. Absolutely. 100%. It's a great thing to do. But my first question to that person was, well, how's that software working out for you? How's that tech serving you? Right? Because the fact of the matter is, businesses cost money to run. And certain kinds of software in particular, although they seem expensive on the surface, are one of the cheapest tools that we can leverage in order to improve, you name it, communication, marketing, customer experience, workflow, organization, productivity, even our art itself. So today, I'm going to give you a short but sweet explanation of how, after you know many years in business, I try to think of expenses, especially when it comes to technology. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. All right, so I have peeked behind the data curtain, and I know (laughs) that chances are extremely good that if you are listening to this podcast, you work alone, right? You identify as a solopreneur, meaning that you are the only employee of your business and you don't even have any contractors who work with you on a regular basis. I'm not counting like a bookkeeper who does you know, runs their own business and you outsource a piece of business to, I'm talking about somebody who like works for you more or less. So most of us are solopreneurs. I, even though I have an editor who I contract out my editing to, I would still call my business, you know, just me as far as my uh, photography business. This can't be that hard is a whole different story. But The fact of the matter is, is that photography is not a complicated business. Uh, It is absolutely possible to run it as a solopreneur, but it is a business. And as such, it has a lot of moving parts, right? Even if those parts seem simple when you look at them individually, when you put them all together, (laughs) it's quite the mousetrap that we're all trying to build and maintain, right? That's, That's often the trick. So over the 14 years that I have been In this game, there are very few things that I have found to be universally true. And I think that that is the reason that many of you like listening to this podcast, because whereas there are some people out there who would say, like, this is how you do it. This is the right way, my way or the highway. That's not me. I fully believe that you can be successful with a whole bunch of different strategies, techniques, software solutions, you know, styles of photography, like I see people out there killing it in all kinds of different ways. But there are a few truths in the business that I have come to accept that I would love for you to, you know, reach out and tell me how I'm wrong, (laughs) but I haven't seen it. Um, And one of those is that 
if you want to grow your business beyond what is essentially a glorified hobby, right? You either want to scale in size or the amount of money that you're making or stay in, even staying in business for any real period of time, you have to learn how to use some combination of either software and or human support. I just do not believe that there is a way to do all of the things that we have to do in business, both well and consistently, without some form of help if you want to have something more than a hobby. And again, if you disagree, if you have evidence to the contrary, I encourage you to reach out and share your story. But I literally don't think that I know of a single photographer who's been in business for more than a couple of years who's successfully doing it all on their own in a sort of analog way. What I do know is a whole host of photographers who run businesses for years without hiring anyone, even part-time, aside from, as I said before, like the occasional outside expert or a contractor who does some small piece of their business. There are plenty of people who have decades-long careers without hiring an assistant, even without hiring an editor, but when you find those people and you ask them about their software solutions, you should probably like get a notebook (laughs) and get ready because chances are good they are going to give you a long list. So let's ask ourselves two questions. Number one, are you making as much money as you want to make in your business? Like, is your goal for next year to make the same amount of money that you made this year or less? And number two, do you have a lot more time and energy to give to your business? Like you've got, you know, hours of the day where you sit down and you're like, well, I don't know, what what more could I possibly do? My guess is you have said no to both, (laughs) but at least to one of those two questions. Um, And if you said no to either of those, chances are good that you should be actively shopping for systems and software. So systems, and we've talked about this a lot, systems are really my favorite thing to talk about when it comes to how to make your business better. But systems are just a series of coordinated steps that lead to a predictable outcome, right? So this is once you get past the super newbie phase, you start to develop systems, even if you're not calling them systems, where you're like, first comes this, then comes this, then I do this, and then, you know, I make however much money. And you really should, over time, have systems in place for absolutely every area of your business, from client communication to accounting to marketing to editing your photos. Like, there should be a process. It should be mostly repeatable. And you should know it in a step-by-step kind of a fashion because that's the only way that we start to deliver consistent work, which we have to do in order to be able to be good business owners. But the next step after you've sort of defined a system is to ask yourself whether there is a piece of software or a, you know, piece of technology that can help you speed or improve the execution of your system. So let's take an example that all of us can relate to. I feel like I don't know any photographers who don't use um, editing software, right? Like Adobe. So Let's talk about Lightroom. Anyone who's doing their own editing probably has some actions in their Lightroom 
uh, catalog that they use to edit their photos, whether they created those actions themselves or bought them or downloaded them as a freebie or whatever. There's or even, you know, the ones that come natively in Lightroom, there is a button that you click that takes care of a handful of steps automatically to edit the photo, to, you know, bump up the contrast or whatever, change the toning. Those are, that's a, that's a kind of automation that speeds your process and helps you execute on your editing system. And when I talk about creating systems with photographers, most of us are on board, right? Uh, systems are just a series of steps. They don't cost anything. When I start to describe what I mean by systems, people are, you know, their heads nod and they're like, yeah, 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 good, great, I'm with you. Those same people often get very hesitant when I start talking about software and automations and technology solutions. And I feel like that comes down to a few reasons. Number one, software and tech can be intimidating, right? Like depending on what we're looking for and what we're asking it to do, it can be a big learning curve. Um, And I've told the story myself before about how way back in the day when I first started as a photographer, I learned how to use Photoshop and I was using Photoshop to edit my photos And I kept hearing about Lightroom and people were like, oh, you should try it. It makes it so much faster. And I was like, no, I'm pretty good at at Photoshop. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think it's going to be worth it for me to learn Lightroom because that's going to take me a bunch of time. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Fast forward. I'm sure you can see where this is going. (laughs) When I finally took a week or whatever to learn how to use Lightroom, which was actually way easier than using uh, Photoshop in the first place. And then I started to see how I could batch edit and do all this other stuff. It was like, oh, my gosh, I have wasted how many months and years of my life being resistant to this change. But the that learning curve part, the time and energy that goes into learning a new piece of software is in and of itself a reason that people get um, hesitant about it. But they also worry about, especially when we start talking about automation and any sort of automation that could end up you know, being in front of your client. Um, They worry about errors that automate, you know, automatic processes can have and uh, fears that essentially they're going to break the fourth wall, that their clients are going to see that they are using these automatic solutions. So one of the things that I do in my business these days is when a client orders their print products through my gallery software that I have their orders shipped directly to them. It cuts out the time of, you know, that order coming to me and then me delivering it to them. It cuts out the effort of me packaging, the effort and cost of packaging things up and either reshipping them or delivering them. Uh, And ultimately, even though I recognize that I'm paying a cost in terms of not being able to double check that everything is right and not being able to like put everything in in a branded packaged sort of final product solution, I feel like the benefits outweigh the cost for me and my business. And I don't say that that's right for everybody, but it works fine. But when I describe that, a lot of people are like, well, I couldn't, what if something showed up and it was wrong? The truth is errors do happen. They happen for that. I sometimes have, you know, my CRM, Dubsado, will send an email that is like, hey, you forgot to fill out your 
you know, questionnaire or whatever. And it was, <laughs> they did fill out their questionnaire. And for some reason that didn't, you know, that didn't uh, get triggered properly. And the fact is like, yeah, that's a little embarrassing. And somebody will write me back and I'm like, oh, sorry, that was, you know, an automated email, my bad. Um, and I do feel a little bit exposed in the fact that they're getting automated emails. But at the same time, A, I'm running a business. I would expect them to want me to focus my effort on things like making good photos <laughs> rather than sending, hand sending every little email in my business. And I, you know, I make mistakes too. It's not like if I were to take all of those automations away and just say, well, I'll send the emails and I'll log in and make sure. Chances are, in fact, not chances are, for sure, if I did that, A, I would miss a lot of things. And B, sometimes I would send the wrong thing. Like people make errors, machines make errors. Um, the fact, you know, oftentimes I find that when your software sends you an error notification and you're like, oh, that automation failed. <laughs> it's like having a super nitpicky detail-oriented assistant saying, uh, something's not working here, which is amazing because you're not having to pay for a super nitpicky detail-oriented assistant. You know, we may not always want to hear that something's not working, but software is pretty good about telling us when something is not working properly. So, and the third factor that really worries people and that, you know, was the whole reason for this episode based on this Facebook post is cost. There is no question that technology, software subscriptions, all that sort of thing, they cost a lot of money and it probably accounts for one of the largest pieces of the expenses pie in your business. But this is the part that I really want to drive home today. So obviously, if you are not using a piece of software, that's a waste of money. Um, if you bought you know, you signed up for the free trial of something, but you had to put your credit card down and then like two weeks went by and then it started charging you. And six months later, you're like, oh, crap, I've spent $180 on this thing that I've never used. You have been wasting your money, no question. However, <laughs> instead of just unsubscribing or canceling your subscription or whatever, I want you to pause and ask yourself whether that's the right move, because you signed up for that piece of software for a reason, right? Unless you have replaced it with some other piece of software or you realized that ultimately you don't need whatever that software promises in terms of like the outcome in your business, I want you to revisit whether it's worth it to actually unsubscribe or whether you should dedicate the time and energy and maybe a little bit of frustration into diving in and seeing how you can set that up to serve your business. Because the fact of the matter is good software saves you time. It saves you money. And, you know, if not today, if it doesn't like show up as dollars in your bank account today, then the idea is that it will save you money, save you time, all that in the long run. And that is what we all need to be building for. We all need to have our eyes on the horizon of our business, because if Saving $100 today means costing yourself $1,000 over the next year, then that's a mistake, right? And that sort of thrift to the, to the point of choking your business, starving your business, will slowly kill your business. Uh, you, you know, I hate that phrase, it takes money to make money, because generally speaking, 
it's thrown around when somebody wants to overspend on something that's probably not necessary, and they use that as justification. So the term, it takes money to make money, is kind of oversimplified, and it can lead money to, it can lead people rather to waste money on unnecessary things. But ultimately, <laughs> the, there is truth there, right? Your business does require not just the investment of money, but of time and education and organization ultimately to be successful. So the next time that you are considering cutting costs, I want you to be thoughtful about how you do so because education, technology, and software truly are, in my experience, the lifeblood of any sustainable business. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.